Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by successful business people who also deal with the pain and frustration of chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today we're going to be talking with Sandy Rodriguez, who is a wife, a mom, a teacher, a homeschooler, God girl, limey, and entrepreneur. Since 1991, her branding and marketing company, DNS Designs, has been promoting client businesses using screen printing, embroidery, promotional products, websites, and social media marketing. Sandy is also an Evernote certified consultant and a Fix This Next certified advisor. As a small business advisor, she partners primarily with women small business owners of growing businesses to first identify the most impactful changes needed, then to co-create and execute a plan to get the business out of the survival trap and into success. I love that. Welcome, Sandy. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad to be here. That's, I love your bio. It's going to, let's see, what parts of this can I steal? (laughs) (laughs) Feel free. (laughs) Really, and this jumps right off the bat into something that um, we didn't say we were going to talk about, but I'm curious, what is a Fix This Next Certified Advisor? (laughs) That's a fair question. It is a brand new thing. Um, I've been reading books by Mike Michalowicz for a number of years. His book, Profit First, transformed how I viewed finances in my business and is largely responsible for the fact that I am sitting comfortably through this mess, even though my sales have dropped off dramatically. But it's his view on how to handle the money coming in that has made all the difference in the world. And so next week on the 28th, he is launching his new book called Fix This Next, which is designed to help business owners assess and evaluate their businesses and think about instead of just putting out fires, just look at it as what's one thing I can do right now that's really going to advance the business and whether it's in sales or establishing order or working on profitability, that's what the whole assessment is about is to look at the business and see what is the biggest need right now and address that. So a certified advisor like me, I'm able to um, work my clients through the assessment and then work with them on a plan, which we then execute together. I love it. And, and that's exactly what I teach and talk to my clients about is, you know, especially since the, the people that I work with in general have chronic illnesses of one sort or another, we could always just be putting out fires, most generally ones of our own body, you know, or we could figure out how we're going to run these businesses so that they are successful, they are thriving, they're not just in spinning our wheels phase. So I love that. And I'm going to have to do some more looking into that because it sounds like it's a pretty cool, cool thing. But let's continue to talk about that in general. You know, how do you, let's go a little bit deeper into the, you know, the, the not putting out fires and, and figuring out what it is you need to do. Just talk some more about all of that. So people understand really what it is you're, you're talking about. 
So most of us as small biz owners wear most of the hats for the business, especially if you're a solopreneur or just one or two people in the business. I have found myself that what it ends up meaning is I'm overwhelmed. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And I don't know which one to do first. So the whole concept to fix this next is stop for a second, make that list of all those things you think are urgent and but also take a moment to look at, is there something you can do right now that will have a, a more major impact on what you're doing instead of, well, I got to get more sales, more sales, more sales. And that's not always the right answer. Sometimes it's, are you positioned to scale? Like right now, one of the things we're pushing is, are you ready for the surge? Once we get out of this pandemic, all of a sudden businesses are going to get slammed with orders that have been on hold and our small business is going to be ready or is that going to put them out of business because they could promise to handle all this and then not be able to execute. So right now what we're trying to do is help our clients position themselves to be ready for that. And that means having solid systems in place, looking at will we need to be able to bring on assistance really quick and will they be trained and ready for that? So those kinds of things just, and having an outsider like me looking at someone else's business really helps because I don't have the emotional attachment to it. So I can just look at what's in place, what's missing, what needs to be fixed at what level to level up the business and so that it can handle the scale or handle the surge that's coming. Yeah. Interesting. I've, over the last couple of days, I've listened to several different webinars and people talking about scale. And, you know, and that's one of the things I do. I have a, a program for my clients where I ask them, all right, where do you want to be a year from now? Where do you want to be five years from now? And how are you going to get there? You know, and you can't just say, in the next five years, I'd like to have you know, $500,000. I'd like to have 50 clients. You've got to look at, can you, how are you going to get that $500,000? And is that something that really and truly is reasonable? And does it make sense? Are you going to be able to handle 50 new clients all by yourself? Or does that mean something totally different for your business. So is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. A lot of business owners make random decisions. They don't study the data of the business. You know, the definition of a successful business is not necessarily one that's doing 10 million a year in sales. Success is determined by what is the lifestyle that the business owner wants. If you're making, uh, if you're doing half a million a year in sales and you have a comfortable lifestyle and maybe you employ a couple of people, to you, that might be a successful business. And there is nothing wrong with that. For somebody else, maybe they want a franchise. Maybe they want a multi-million dollar empire. So that's fine for them. Having an advisor who can look at like you're doing and, and like I'm hoping to do more of to look at the business and sit down with the owner and say, this is what you're doing now. What would the, in a perfect world, what, this, what would this business look like? What would your lifestyle look like? And then you go to hard numbers. If you're doing this much in sales and this is your level of profitability and you know you want to make, let's say, you know, $10,000 a month. Okay, so reverse engineer that now. Go backwards and say, well, that means I've got to do this much in sales. And to do this much in sales, it means I'm going to need to hire a salesperson or, or whatever it looks like. 
So it's working with hard data instead of the gut. The gut is going to be wrong most of the time. <laughs> the gut does not lead us well. No. So assessing all the, the numbers and the, the vision for the business and putting those pieces together is where the business owners really need to go in order to have what they would define as a successful business. How do you convince them they need that? <laughs> That's the trick. That's the trick. Yes. Um, because as small business owners, we are notoriously tight-fisted. And I say that as one. <laughs> We're not real fans of paying for advice. And as someone who has resisted that over and over again through almost 30 years of business, I have to confess that over the last year of having had a coach, what a difference it makes to have somebody else assessing what's going on, somebody else kicking me and saying, you, look, you said you were going to get this done for your business and you're not doing that. So get on the stick and get it done. <laughs> and we all need that because we get down in the weeds of just executing orders or taking care of paying the bills. And we stop working on the business because we're so busy working in the business. And Bingo. having a coach takes you out of that mode and makes you take a step back and assess your business and say, well, yeah, I could keep doing this, but isn't that the definition of insanity? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and, and I have, it's really funny because I have been doing a yearly retreat for 14 years. I did not do one last year because of all the health issues I was going through, but the tagline for that retreat is work on your business, not in your business. Because, yes. But people say, I don't have time for that. You know, that's, I'm too busy sending out the invoices and the this and the that and making the products. And, and I'm going as long as you continue to do that and don't take the time to work on your business, your business runs you. That's right. You're an employee. But what I think is even more interesting and what I was actually getting at, I should have been clear in my question. I'm sorry. Is that small businesses, big businesses in general, and I'm not being specific, I am being general, but for many, many, many of the people that I run into who are business, small business owners, you start talking about hard data and money and they're going, da, 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 da. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. How do you, how do you get them to realize that Number one, it's not as painful as you think it might be. And number two, without that, you're just throwing darts at a target and you're darn lucky if you get it anywhere near the bullseye. Yes. So I think it starts with the early conversation about defining what does a dream business look like to you? And doing a little mind shift with them and having them realize that developing systems that actually eliminate them from the business is really critical for the growth of the business. I didn't get this for a long time, but there was a, um, a smoothie shop that I started working with and they, I went in to talk with them and like, yeah, we want to franchise. And it actually, it was an outstanding business model and could easily franchise so the first thing I did, they were like, marketing plan, we need more sales. I said, well, that's true, you do. But until you've got a good hiring plan and qualified employees trained and you get out from behind the counter, 
all the marketing in the world is not going to help you grow. You have to put your systems together. So you have to eliminate yourself from daily operations. And that's a big mental shift for people who have started their own businesses. They don't understand that right away. So it takes some conversation to help them see that, oh, I can't keep running the books and the sales and the marketing and do everything myself and grow this business. It's not going to work. So when they begin to make that shift, then you can start talking about numbers with them. But I found it's kind of pointless to start out there because they don't get it. Yeah. It it doesn't. I mean, when I've talked to one business owner, <laughs> like, what are your what are your monthly expenses? Um, I'm not really sure. How do you know if you're charging enough money if you don't know what it costs you to run this business every month? Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. you know, we look at what everybody else is charging. <laughs> you're not everybody else. I have heard that so many <laughs> times. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's interesting because while most of my listeners, as you know, are people with chronic illnesses, these kinds of stories go across the boards. Yes. It's, it's not just something that someone with fibromyalgia needs to know. Yeah, no, not at all. It's something that all businesses, but it becomes that much more important when you've got some sort of medical challenge. Yes. That only allows you to be present part of the time. Right. You know, and we need to talk about, I think that you use the word systems and I think it's a really good time to actually move more into that because we had talked about systems as well when we chatted beforehand. Give me some thoughts on systems that, what is a system first of all? What's the difference between a process and a system and tools? You know, talk a little bit about that. And then share with us why it's so important to have these in place, especially for someone who's got some form of chronic illness. Those are great questions. Um, as a Lyme sufferer myself, I'm in and out of, you know, as long as I'm not relapsing, I'm in pretty good shape. But Lyme's has definitely taken a toll on my strength and energy and memory, <laughs> which is super important when you're in business and you have to remember deadlines and details and all of that. Um, and when I was diagnosed for the second time with Lyme's and I was in really pretty bad shape, I realized my business was going to fail if I didn't do something. Because like most small business owners, I was doing everything. And no one knew what I was doing. So that made me irreplaceable, which is a dangerous thing for a business. So I tried a whole bunch of tools. I tried OmniFocus. I tried Asana. I tried Trello. I played around with a lot of different systems. And I also played around with Evernote. Um, In the beginning, I didn't get Evernote. It was like, okay, well, I can put everything in there. And that way I won't forget anything. But I quickly realized that it's a great tool for that. But using the information I was dumping in there was not going to work unless I developed some sort of system for it. So as far as tools and process and system, to me, a process would be something where I would use a tool to do a certain series of steps, whereas a system is every time an order comes in, we're going to go through this, then this, then this, then this, and we are never going to violate that system because every time we do, we make mistakes and mistakes cost money. So 
I started building out a system into Evernote with using a dashboard and templates and how we named notes. And I turned Evernote, which I like to say is like Play-Doh, into my own system. And maybe it's because of the limes or maybe it's just because I'm a little weird, but <laughs> I couldn't use any of the existing systems. My brain would not go through OmniFocus's system. What, that works for a lot of people and that's great. And I do want to say that about all the systems I've named and all those I didn't name. They all work. The key to using any one of these tools is finding the one that works for you, the one you're going to use consistently. And I dumped all this data into OmniFocus. I was determined I was going to make this work. And all I found myself doing was just keep putting the data in and nothing was happening. There were no changes. There was nothing positive coming out of that. When I switched over to Evernote and I started turning it into my online brain, then all of a sudden things began to change. I was able to collaborate with anybody that I needed to. Um, so when I needed art done, I could send a note in the work chat and say, here, I need this art file. And I built a repeatable system. And it has a different benefit too, besides me not forgetting things. For most of us, repetition contributes to remembering things. Right. So having a system where I kept doing the same thing over and over and over again in Evernote meant that I actually did start remembering things more. So having a system is really key to eliminating errors. It also means that you can teach people to use your system. For a time, I brought in a bookkeeper to work in my business, and I learned this the hard way, trying to train someone. That's when you learn whether or not you have everything documented to teach to someone else so you could remove yourself from your own system. If they can't follow your notes, they're not detailed enough. So one thing I really coach my clients to do is start with walk in the room and turn on the light switch. Drill it down to that kind of specific detail. Open this drawer, click on that file, go to this URL. Don't assume they know anything. Pretend you're explaining it to a five-year-old. And if you write out your systems in that kind of detail, should you need to step back because of your illness or like I watched someone uh, do this who had a baby. She stepped away from her business for six weeks and it kept running. This is another one of Mike's books called Clockwork, but it kept running because they had everything in place to replace her while she was out. And that to me is the critical urgency of building systems. Uh, it also makes it easier when you're ready to exit your business because now you have all your systems documented. Everybody in your business knows how things are running and you can make it a turnkey transaction to whether someone in the company is taking it over or whether you're selling it outright to someone else. Everything's documented and it makes it easy to get out of the business and not have your business fall apart. If you are a seasoned entrepreneur who is ready to take your business to the next level, Nancy is looking for you. Learn how to get the momentum going, streamline your systems, and get more clients straight from the source. Nancy's run several successful businesses from her living room, and she's looking for new clients just like you. Go to businesssuccessunlimited.com and use the contact form at the bottom of the page to see if you're a good fit. Nancy would love to help you. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things that are, are popping into my mind with this conversation. And I have a wonderful team. I have a, an office manager who does all of the behind the scenes work for me. And then I have a communications manager. I am one of the people that says, 
and and I understand why I'm telling somebody to do something, you know, but as long as it gets done and done the way I want it done, I don't necessarily care how they're doing it. That's you good know, point. what what software they're using or as long as they're not doing anything illegal, you know. <laughs> I want it done right. I want the end result. So I say, okay, Cindy, this is what I need to have done. Please do it. Right. You know, uh, Jackie, please do this. And we have weekly staff meetings. We <laughs> use a program called Slack, but there's a frustration for me with Slack in that it's basically just a communications tool. Right. It doesn't do the other parts. So number one, I'm interested to see whether I don't really want to throw Slack away because it's taken us a year to get that to work. But does Evernote connect into Slack? Could we could we use the two together in a in some way? So Evernote actually does integrate with a ton of apps, and I'm going to say offhand, I believe that it does. I think probably Slack would. It would surprise me if it did. It, you might have to use Zapier, but um, and Zapier, we, use that all the, we use that all the time too. Yeah. But, you know, so that's, that is one thought that I'm having is because I'm having frustrations with that. I'm telling these guys, I need these things done. And both of my team members uh, sort of consciously, unconsciously, they both also have chronic illness issues. So yeah. <laughs> the three of us are all dealing with things together, right? Right. But the other problem that comes up from all of this is that because I don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing, should I lose either one of them, I'm in big yes. trouble because yes. I don't know what it is they're doing. And that's where Evernote really comes to the rescue because you can just – you can document everything. So when you're working on projects, I mentioned templates, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say I have an order for pens come in. I'll put all the contact information at the top of the note for who I'm talking to, a phone number, the date it came in, the date it's due. So everything is immediately um, set up for that. And then I start putting in the information where I research, well, which pen and which okay. supplier and what is the artwork going to look like? So we go through the whole sales cycle in one note and whoever is doing whatever part of it. So for example, I do all the sales part at the top. Then I kind of hand it off using work chat, which is the communications portion of Evernote, which keeps me out of email. I'll send the note off to my artist and say, okay, here are the details. This is how I need the art set up. He will work chat it back to me and say, the proof is in there. I'll shoot an email to the client with the proof. They approve it. I come back in. I note the date and time it was approved. I send the note back to the artist saying, okay, now I need the illustrator file. He can put that in there. I grab that. I create a purchase order and account edge, which is my accounting software. I send those two things off to the client and then I'm done until they send me proofs and an invoice. But everything is there. So if I were to stop mid-process Anybody could go to that note and say, okay, um, all right, this, the art is done. The purchase is ready to be made. I can pick up this part, create it. the purchase order and send it in. I love it. And, and I've tried to work with Evernote for years and I'll get into it and now go, 
I don't understand this. And I say, screw <laughs> it, and I'm off to something else, you know? But I also have, as as Cindy says to me, I also have uh, shiny object syndrome. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for the new best toy out there to play with. So, But I am feeling, and I think this is something that for the people listening out there, if you get this feeling in your gut, this is a time to listen to your gut. If you get the feeling that there's got to be an easier, better way, I want to do something differently, but I don't know what that is, it's time to start looking around yeah. and try to find something that works for you. And, and part of what I do is I sit down with my clients and I will say to them, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Right. Here are all the different tools. Let's look and see which one works the best for you right you know that makes it much easier for us to then say well this one's probably not going to work for you my my nerves are bad i have a lot of really high anxiety if it's going to take me a long time to figure out something i'll say i'm not dealing with that let somebody else worry about it <laughs> you know i want something that's easy to figure out and we have gotten we use zapier we use as i said we use slack we use acuity and acuity actually is much more than a calendar app we use it as our crm we use it you know in a lot of different ways but i want something and i also don't want to spend 200 300 a right. month on something you know so that's where Evernote kind of kills it. It's only 70 bucks a year, not a well, month. That's a good deal. Yeah. I know. And that's for the premium with all the bells and whistles. It's pretty hard to beat. Really? Now, if someone listening, listening to this, me included, says, <laughs> I would like to work with you, Sandy, to figure out how to get Evernote to work with my business. Is that something that you do? Absolutely. Because I'm an Evernote certified consultant, there are a couple of different ways you can work with me. I'm actually in the process of putting up new courses uh, that will just walk you through step-by-step step or even just individual things that Evernote can do because it has so much more power than people can guess. Um, and they're all little insider tips, like how it integrates with Google. So if you're, if you have a Google Drive and you store a lot of up there, it is literally one click there is an icon built into Evernote. You click it, and once your um, Google Drive is connected, it just says, which file? And then it puts an icon in Evernote, and you click it, and it opens your Google Drive file. I mean, there's, there's all little, little things like this. I, I like to say that Evernote is one of the only apps I've ever seen that plays nicely in the sandbox. They That's really great. do work well with a lot of different apps. And that one doesn't even require the bridge of Zapier. See, that, that's the one thing I like, too. Yeah. Um, so... Those courses will soon be available, but I am also available to hire as a consultant. You just, we make appointments and I will literally, we'll go on Zoom and we'll share screens and I will walk you through your setup. I'll explain the key components, how you create a note, how do you create notebooks, why do you want notebooks, what are stacks. There are so many things that you can do to simplify the understanding of it. And then the beauty of it is once you get it, you go, oh, oh. Oh, all right. Now I know I'm going to do this. I just talked to somebody this week about, she said, what app can I get to do a digital inventory around my house? And I just went, are you kidding? You're already using Evernote. Just create a new notebook and put a note in for each room, 
put a table in there, take a picture of each thing, add the text underneath, when did you buy it, what's the serial number, all that kind of thing. It lives in the cloud. If your house burned down, I know you're going out the door with your phone. <laughs> so you are going to have a video or even um, just picture documentary of everything that was in that house when you have to claim it for insurance. So it. it does everything. Lists, it's great for lists. It has one downside that they are working on, and that is a calendar feature. You can do it, but it's not automated like Outlook Calendar or Google Calendar, but you can link your Google Calendar in. So it's not that big of a shortcoming. And the fact that you can mold it into what you want, like if you use the just uh, the getting things done, that premise can be applied to Evernote. It's actually what I did. And it's why I have a dashboard that has all the most important links. And I literally drag and drop links around the board. So I'm instantly in. It really is a lot of productivity. So all of these things I would explain and teach how to do in a consulting situation. Um, I'm all over the web. You can find me on social media. And of course, my website is sandyrodriguez.com. But I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm working on Pinterest. Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't put a lot of time into Twitter, but <laughs> I am there. That's where some of these wonderful softwares come in. I'll put something up on Facebook. And all of a sudden, I'll get a message in an email that says, you have a new Twitter follower, and I'll go over to Twitter, and I've got, you know, 35 million followers on Twitter, and I said, I haven't been into this program in three <laughs> years. How would I get these followers? Yes, but you know, it pushes it all out one place. Yeah, that's all about efficiency and productivity. Absolutely. I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did it intentionally early. In, I don't know if you could do it anymore, but early on, I think it was either via Facebook or LinkedIn. You were able to do that. You could say, well, if I do a post here, then can it, will it push it to LinkedIn and Twitter? And I told it yes. And so like, wow, this is awesome. Post once, get three hits. <laughs> yeah, you can do it now through Zapier. And that's how I do. Ah. My, I go from Facebook to LinkedIn with a Zapier because, okay. I, you know, I don't have the time or the exactly. energy to, to, and it's easier than for or Hootsuite and, and all of those things. So it you just built a system. It. That's right. So, <laughs> and with that, we are actually out of time. See how fast this wow. went. I told you nothing to be worried about. <laughs> it was fun. And you've already answered the question of how somebody can get a hold of you. If you're like me, I'm sitting here with goosebumps. I'm thinking, oh, I got to get in there. <laughs> Oh, I got to do one thing though, because if you look up Sandy Rodriguez, there's so many ways to spell that. So real quick, it's S-A-N-D-E-E-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z.com. Very and good. if you look for me in a lime green blazer, I have that very consistently everywhere. Just another little coaching tip. Keep the same headshot everywhere you go, and then you know you've got the right person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sandy. If anybody that's listening has any questions, I'm sure you'd be comfortable answering them. Put the questions down at the bottom of the podcast here and we will get back with you. We air these shows every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. And we have lots and lots of wonderful conversations just like this one. There's always something new to learn and think about and ponder. 
And uh, normally I would say get out there and be productive, but I can't really say that right now. Right. So, but you could still stay home and be productive. Absolutely. <laughs> and in the long term, your business will soar higher. So until we talk again, guys, have a wonderful week. Let me know if there are things that you would like to hear about in the future. Give me some tips, some ideas. If you'd be interested in being a guest, let me know and we'll see what we can do. So take care, y'all, and be safe and healthy, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye.